Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. everybody. My name is Courtney Tabor, um, and I use she, her pronouns, and it's great to be with all of you today. So, um, so this worship series, we've been talking about the life of the biblical character Joseph and the queer theological implications of his life story. Um, Ophelia started us off last week by laying the groundwork for us um, for Joseph's story. And she explained that Joseph's father, Jacob, blurred gender expectations, both in his physical appearance and in some of the ways that he lived his life. So today I'd like to continue the story by telling you about Joseph's young adult life as the youngest and the favorite of 12 sons. Um, And just a note for clarity's sake that in the passage I'm about to read, Jacob is also called Israel. I was a little confused when I read it the first time, but so I'm explaining to you in case you don't know. (laughs) Um, They're synonymous here. And here's the story of Joseph and his brothers. And this is from Genesis chapter 37. Jacob ended up settling in the land where his father had lived as a foreigner for many years, in the land of Canaan. Here now is the story of Jacob and his family. Joseph, when he was a young man of 17, often shepherded the flocks along with his brothers. One day, as he was with Bilhaz and Zilpah's sons, his half-brothers, he decided to report back to their father about things they were doing wrong. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other children because he came along when he was an old man. So Israel presented Joseph with a special robe he had made for him a spectacularly colorful robe with long sleeves in it. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than the rest, they grew to hate him and couldn't find it in themselves to speak to him without resentment or argument. One day, Joseph had a dream. When he told the dream to his brothers, they hated him even more. Joseph said, please listen to this dream I had. There we were, binding sheaves in the field, Suddenly, my sheaf rose and stood up, and then your sheaves all gathered around and bowed down to mine. Joseph's brothers were pretty annoyed, and they said, Are you serious? You think you are somehow destined to reign over us? You think you're going to be our king? This dream and what he told them about it made them hate him even more. So, Joseph soon has another dream, and this one's about the sun and the moon and 11 stars all bowing down to his star. And he tells his father and brothers about this dream too, and suffice it to say, it doesn't really go over that well. They're not really pleased. (laughs) So, I'll be honest with you, before preparing for the message this week, I was pretty unfamiliar with Joseph's story. I had never read this story before. 
and all I knew was that Joseph was a person in the Bible with a colorful coat, some dreams, and his own musical. <laughs> so when I did read this passage for the first couple times, it didn't, honestly, didn't really endear me to Joseph. He came across as a bratty youngest sibling, flaunting his parents' favoritism, and he and his brothers all seemed to be acting really petty and childish and jealous. So that's how I interpreted it. Um, until I heard another perspective from Peterson Toscano. Um, so on, on Toscano's website, he describes himself as a quirky, a quirky queer Quaker performance artist and scholar, playfully exploring the serious worlds of gender, religion, and climate change. And I just love that description, so I just stole it right from his site. In his piece, Joseph and the Amazing Gender Nonconforming Bible Story, Toscano encourages us to reconsider the, quote, robe that Joseph receives from his father. Toscano says that in Hebrew, the phrase used to describe Joseph's garment is ketonet pasim. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. This Hebrew phrase is only used one other time in the Old Testament, in 2 Samuel. When it's used in this other passage, the word is accompanied by an explanation, saying that ketonat pasim is a dress worn by virgin daughters of the king. In other words, a princess dress. So it's possible that the garment Joseph receives from Jacob is a robe or a coat, as we all have kind of heard for a long time. But based on the only other appearance of this phrase in the Old Testament, it's also possible that what Jacob gave Joseph was in fact a princess dress. When biblical scholars were working on this Hebrew translation, I, I wonder if they had evidence to believe that ketonet pasim had a different meaning here, or was the idea that Joseph could be wearing a garment typically made for women just so out of the realm of imagination or acceptance that they decided to just erase it from the story? I don't know the answer, but I think it is important food for thought when we think about who controls the stories we hear and how. Now, let's imagine for a moment that what Toscano is suggesting, that Joseph did receive a princess dress, let's just imagine that that's the case. Imagine an adolescent Joseph, the youngest of 12 brothers, being gifted a rainbow princess dress as a symbol of his father's love. In Joseph's time, that is revolutionary. Frankly, it feels pretty revolutionary even if it happened today. Imagine the jubilation with which he wears it, the pride he must feel being clothed in such love and color. Imagine Joseph showing it off to his brothers and to the world. The story seems a bit different now, doesn't it? With this slightly different interpretation of just one word, this story that at the first read was one of ego and jealousy, it becomes a story of bold joy. Taken in this light, the hostility from Joseph's brothers also becomes something much more malevolent and hate-filled. 
I think we're gonna look into that a little more next week and what comes of that. For now, though, I wanna think about what this gift of a princess dress says about the relationship between Jacob and Joseph. This gift, this bold, rainbow-colored, extraordinary gift, shows not only a depth of feeling, not only a show of preferential treatment, or not a show of preferential treatment, but actually an affirmation of Joseph in a radical way. This gift from father to child says, I see who you are and I love you for it. In fact, who you are is so beautiful that you shouldn't keep it to yourself, you should share it with the world. A love like that, there's tenderness in it. There's openness. There's not just an acceptance, but a full embracing. It's quite a powerful example of divine love. How often are we able to give that kind of love? How often do we receive it from our parents to our children, from anyone in our lives, really? It's not easy to give that kind of love because it requires us to let go of our expectations and let go of the world's expectations, to give somebody that full radical affirmation. Yesterday, I was listening to a conversation between Glennon Doyle and Brene Brown on the We Can Do Hard Things podcast. And they were discussing how truly being there for someone means kind of letting go of control and letting go of what we think um, they need, in, and instead saying to them, what does love look like for you right now? What does love look like for you right now? This gift of the princess dress is a bit like that, I think. Jacob likely has plenty of expectations of how his children should be existing in the world. Joseph's brothers certainly do too. But Jacob has also had some experience bending those expectations a little bit too. So maybe he knows a little bit about how it might feel. Um, and Joseph, Jacob lets go of those expectations in order to give Joseph the love that he actually needs. That, to me, is divine love. And I think that's what the story in the Bible, it, it's a much better interpretation, in my opinion, right, of the way God's love works. It's a princess dress from a father to his child when the world would rather he give him a coat. God's love is a radical and affirming love. God's love delights in subverting the world's expectations. God's love isn't about jealousy and who's the favorite kid. It's about acceptance and embracing. So as we celebrate pride this weekend, and as we commemorate the announcement of slaves' freedom from bondage on Juneteenth, and as we recognize Father's Day today, may our love be as radical and divine as a princess dress from parent to child. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, 
visit our website at hopegateway.com.